This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Do the thing. It's doing the thing. Give it just one moment. You gotta wait. Patience. Okay. Welcome to drink. What? Should I be able to see the thing? I didn't no, see it. No, there's it's a, okay. at the top it should say record it's okay. This is gonna be the beginning uh, of the episode. It is so say it's recording call. Okay. <laughs> because the producer will not cut it out. I love him. Okay, welcome to Drinking with Authors. Choo 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 COVID edition, which means we're doing this via Skype, aka any audio abnormalities. Too freaking bad. Okay. So I'm your host, Erica Lance. Um, and with me today is JM Paquette. And our special guest is Robert Bevan. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, okay, we have a little bit of a fan. Oh, I'm just warning you, especially since I'm going to be drinking a lot. I have a fangirl moment. But let's talk about what we're drinking. So I am drinking, because I thought it was kind of apropos, the 19 Crimes wine, The Banished. I just saw that at Walmart the like two <laughs> days ago, and I thought, what is that? Is that like... It's not, a... Is, Oh, like, red- right, Whose who's picture is that? Is that a serial killer? Well, what it is is that you, there's an app and you hold it up and it tells you the crime they committed that made them 19 crimes. So, so it's, it's an interactive bottle, basically. All right, who's that? Um, he is guilty of um, like tr- uh, uh, treason. If I recall correctly, he's guilty of treason. So he was banished from the island because they're all Irish for whatever reason. Kind of lame as far as crimes go. It is, but uh, it's a very good, um, pretty cheap, I must say, red blend wine that tastes good. Jen, what are you drinking? (laughs) I have a raspberry bubbly. Lame. Okay. I know. <laughs> Welcome Do to. Do you shame her on every episode? Yep. Yes. I fucking shame her on every episode because oh, she's wow. like, I have this really boring glass of milk. I'm like, <laughs> thank you for being on Drinking with Authors with Grape Bubbly. Um, Robert, what are you drinking to wow the audience? Well, let me tell you. Um, and I, I only feel this is impressive because I've seen some of your other episodes. But I'm drinking <laughs> cold and refreshing Bud Light. Bud Light, the uh, now Japanese of beers, because it was bought by a Japanese. Now, this, I've actually this is actually a step up. I, I used to exclusively drink Kirkland Light from Costco, but they discontinued it. That stuff was like twenty five cents a can. It well, was amazing. But now I'm, I'm up to fancy pants Bud Light. <laughs> Stepping it up a notch, I see. Yes, totally. Okay, so for our listening audience that doesn't know who you are, first of all, they should be publicly shamed. But do you mind telling them about you and your writing real quick? Hello, friends. <laughs> My name is Robert Bevan. I write the Caverns and Creatures series of comedy fantasy novels and short stories. Uh, The novels are called Critical Failures 1 through 8 so far. More to come. Um, In between those, I write short stories that are bundled together in collections called D6, uh, 2D6, 3D6, etc. And I... I, I write some other random stuff. Um, most prominently, I write a, a bunch of the shingles stories, which are comedy horror stories um, that are less scary than funny. <laughs> and I, I write some other random things, too. I'll, also, I play the role of Klaus Richter on the Authors and Dragons podcast. I, I just have to say, um, uh, John Hartness tell, turned me on to that podcast when I interviewed him, and I've been listening to all the episodes, and I'm incredibly jealous. So me and me and Jen are the OG female nerds that were nerds before it was popular to be a nerd and cute and cosplay back when you had to color in the dice for Dungeons and Dragons. Were, were those oh. kind of nerds? Yeah, Dungeons to hit armor nerds. class zero shit. I parried the fireball with the mage, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
anyway, nerds. So um, I uh, remember finding your book online and it made me, it was one of the two books that have ever actually made me laugh truly out loud. People say laugh out loud. Truly, I was laughing my ass off and I immediately shared it with all of my gaming friends because it was phenomenal. Well, thank you. Well, do you mind if I ask, how did you find it? I w- it was on Amazon, believe it or not, and it oh, was... Yeah, that, that, no, I believe that. Yes. The I forget place what... it's at. Okay, well, tone. Um, no. <laughs> hey, so, you're the one that told me to drink before I came here. That's true. I did. I authorized that fully, and I endorsed that. No, I um, I was. I forget what I was looking for online, and I saw it, and it said critical failures, and I was like, this has a D20 on it. What is this? I could not, like, I bought all of them. I could not stop reading them. And my boyfriend, I, he doesn't, he's not an avid reader. He li- listens to audiobooks and stuff. And I showed him, and he went to France and, like, read all of them on the plane rides over to France while he was at France on his way back. He's like, this is the most epic series ever. So that's the best trip to France ever. It it was. He stole my Kindle and he took off with it, and I had to look. I had to load it with the rest of the short stories because I'm like, I think you're going to run out of content for the twenty thousand mile journey. Um, I. What made you come up with the premise for these books? So, what? Where did you start? Because you had to be a gaming nerd to begin this, because yeah. of your in detail knowledge of it. So, all right, I'll I'll, I'll give you the the rundown. I used to play back in middle school, starting in late middle school, early high school, and then kind of took a break for a decade or two. And then when I was uh, when I was in college, I started up with uh, three third edition, three point five edition, three D and D, and then uh, edition there was like go ahead. Well, well that on. that was that was my D and D formative years, if you will. <laughs> And then I uh, I left that group of friends because I went off to college somewhere else, and and then I went to Korea, and you know, like maybe fifteen twenty years passed, and um, I, I had a, a group of friends in Korea because I was teaching English there, and we, you know, we all we all got married, we started having kids and stuff. And we'd been, you know, every Friday night was ours. We get to go out to the bars, have some drinks, you know, get in trouble. But it, it was expensive, and and the conversation started to run dry. It's like, all right, we all teach English, we all work together. There's not a whole, we all watch the same fucking TV shows. There's not a whole <laughs> hell of a lot we can keep the conversations fresh with. And you know, and and drinking expensive. So one day or one time, I I went back to the states for a little vacation, and I, I found my old D and D books in in my parents' garage, and I thought, what if? <laughs> so I brought them back to Korea with me, and um, and so I said, listen, guys, this this is gonna sound weird. But what if we spent our nights, you know, we could still drink. It'll be cheaper because we're drinking at home. We're buying our beer from the supermarket. And uh, we play D&D. And they went for it. So, like, and we were just a bunch of drunken idiots playing D&D. And, you know, over, over time, I thought, wouldn't it, what if, you know, what if we ourselves were sent into this fantasy world? How would we do? How would we react to it? How would we cope with it? And that's where the premise was born. I, I love this because, ironically, at one point in time, me and Jen roll we're with a bunch of our gaming nerds and this is as adults this is maybe 15 we, we years were, ago now we were grown-ups like we weren't even in high school yeah no we weren't even in college pretending and um we rolled ourselves as characters <laughs> and we all had to like you had to be able to jump over the couch to get decks and then the only one who did the he climbed the fence he could climb over the fence in your yard and we were like all right you get an 18 
That, that's what it takes for an 18. Listen, we were very generous. We you were need very to juggle generous. juggle swords and shit. Yeah. No. Yeah, we were very generous. It was a very it was a very funny night and there was there was alcohol involved. But we all had special ability. I think this is awesome. So your characters in your book get thrust into this they find a DM on Craigslist, right? Isn't that where they find the DM? Oh, uh, uh, something like that. I think Yeah. I think I wrote it as like in the newspaper and then I got a bunch of shit for that cuz who uses the newspaper anymore? Nobody uses newspaper anymore. Yeah. So and um, shame on me. Yeah, so I decided I put him on Craigslist. He's been moved. So that's, that's fine. That's fine. It's, it's Craigslist. It's Craigslist. He's been Official moved to Craigslist. Canon. I have to say, the moment those characters, I thought you did just so fucking epically. The moment those characters hit that other realm, I have to say, one of my favorite things is when they had to memorize spells. That was one of my favorite fucking moments when they actually had to sit and are like, shut up, I have to read this. <laughs> And the, no. the one no. friend that's disgusting, he's like, yeah, but your, your charisma's really low. You're gross. That was great. Yeah. And then they kill the gate guard and don't realize that's not kind of just like, meh, I killed the gate guard, the fucking town arrest. That was, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, no, I, I remember that because oh, I don't know where this the, the whole book came from, but that was that scene where he killed the guard. That's just something that occurred to me, like, while I was lying in bed waiting to go to sleep, and I started giggling to myself because I thought of the line, uh, sweet, I put it in my bag, after he cuts the guy's head off. <laughs> sweet, I put it in my bag. Yeah. But that turned out to be the impetus for, like, the whole conflict of the story. No, totally. It was epic. So when did you, so this is amazing, and... When did you start writing? Because you said you taught English. When did you actually start writing, like, fiction or nonfiction? When did you begin? Um, it's probably 2008 or 2009. Because I remember I wrote a, I wrote a novel before. The, there was, I was teaching English. I, I had worked my way through the smaller schools in Korea. And I was up at university level. Where, which was nice because I had my own private office and a lot of uh, a lot of free time between classes where I didn't have enough time to go home, but I had enough time to do something between classes. So I thought, oh, I don't make enough money at this job. I should probably find something more productive to do with <laughs> the free time that I have. And so I, I decided to start writing. And um, I wrote this book. I, I wrote a book. I just, oh man, it's, it's kind of embarrassing to think about because that's okay. We all wrote written yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Everything. It's fine. You can share. It's a, <laughs> it was a book. It was a book called Thicker Than Blood, which was about. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure what it was about. It was kind of like a, a vampire girl and another girl with powers, but the the vampire girl, like she subsisted off of semen rather than blood and um that goes in line with your books well that actually today i released a, a new shingles story called thicker than blood which is similar but a, a far cry from that first effort anyway the, nobody nobody saw this book because i never published it because it was a pile of shit but <laughs> I, I spent about two and a half or three years writing that. Um, and then uh, by the end of it, I was like, oh, this is crap. But I did, I did, you know, when I was right, I think I was writing like the last chapter when the idea for critical failures came to me, but I, I decided, all right, no, I'm going to finish this book just to, just to prove to myself that I can finish a novel length work. It, and even though it was crap, I did it. I finished it. That's awesome. Then I shelved it. And then I, I, got, I got to work immediately after that on Critical Failures. And I, I think I was done with that in like three months. It was, I mean, once I had the flow, once I had a, some real inspiration, it, it just, it flowed out of me. And uh, unfortunately, I haven't kept that pace. 
You know, it's that that's interesting of itself. So let me ask you one quick question. Are any of the characters based on characters in your game? Uh, a little bit. Um, well, I, I always tell people when they ask, uh, Cooper and Tim are like kind of based on the worst parts of me. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how far you've read into the books. But. Oh, no, I've read all of them. That's oh, fucking is there. <laughs> Sorry. I've had, yeah, I've, I've had some less than proud moments. <laughs> I think we all have. Oh, yeah, my God. Sure. Um, so the reason I asked, Jen actually just is finishing the third book. It's really the fourth book, but the third book in a series that she wrote based on a Dungeons and Dragons campaign we did. And it's um, Vampire, and I was reading the book, the first one. I had read it, I don't know why, you know, beta reading it. And then I read it when it got published, and I was reading this elven character who's a total fucking bitch. And I was like, <laughs> what? I was. I literally called her, I'm like, is Lyra me? And she's like, oh, yeah. No, that's yeah. you. <laughs> you. It was your out. character in the game that... <laughs> That my character got screwed over with vampirism. So, anyway, it was that was fucking hysterical. Okay, and so I'd, be, so I'd you... be lying. I'm sorry, I'd be lying if I if I didn't say the uh, character of Julian was loosely based on um, our guy that that we invited to play with us. He had no experience in the game before, but he uh, jumped into it and and really went. How wild was it? So when you wrote the first one, did you have an idea of where it was going or did it just kind of like you threw your characters in a room and saw what happened? Yeah, that's absolutely what I did. In fact, um, there's there's kind of a a twist to the ending that I didn't, I, I didn't know how it was going to end until about three quarters of the way through writing it. And I thought, Oh, here's an idea. And then I had to go and rewrite a little bit of the beginning to add a, a walk-in freezer. Oh, that, yes. <laughs> yeah. I love the walk-in like, Oh, no. <laughs> actually, that was, that's one of the best moments, I'm sorry mm -hmm. to say. I love that. I actually love the sister and the bard. Yeah. Catherine Chaz, yeah. Catherine, I, I think... I mean, if you've read all the way through, you, it probably comes no surprise. She's probably my favorite character to write. Yeah, no, I think I thought that was brilliant, and what you did with the bard, I thought was just amazing because nobody fucking likes a bard. I'm sorry, nobody likes a fucking bard. No, uh, like that's, that's not true. Because anytime <laughs> I anytime I, I I make bard jokes on my Facebook page or on a I've always got some fucking nerds saying, oh, yeah, yeah, bards are more powerful than people give them credit for. Yeah, I know. I know. But, you know, I'm, I'm, it's a trope. I'm making a joke. Just yeah, no. Get fucking, over yourself. Yeah, I was going to say, move out of your parents' basement. Um, so <laughs> that is, okay, so you started writing this book. Cause did you have any idea they'd have the success that they have? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no, I, um. Um, I mean, the, like since then, uh, uh, do you, are you familiar with Lit RPG? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's become a thing. That wasn't a thing when I first started writing them. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if I've gotten any benefit from it because you know what I write and what Lit RPG is recognized as isn't exactly the same thing. But it's, yeah, I'm I'm writing to a pretty niche crowd because. Uh, yeah, this is this isn't even this is like two generations of tabletop gaming ago. You know? It's, it's true, but it completely holds up even to people who are not avid my boyfriend's not an avid D and D player. He played twice, I think. And um uh he just absolutely loved it fucking loved it and was laughing his ass off and he was like i can't believe this happened i can't believe that happened i think it totally appeals to anybody who plays any kind of um, even multiplayer online role-playing game anybody uh, who plays anything is like i like to think so 
yeah, no, that this could totally happen. So you write this book and then you start getting your, you're up to what it's number eight, right? That you're up yes. to now. So you're up to, of semen. Yes. <laughs> I, do you ever step back and go, you know what? I'm going to write this literary novel. I've written this stuff. I'm going to step back and I'm going to write the, fucking Edgar Allan Poe of novels. <laughs> look at his face. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> the, the, the listening audience can't look at his face. I we know. can. It's fabulous. That was a wonderful yeah. expression, though. No. Uh, I I mean, I, I know who I am. I know I know my skill set. I, I, I do like to dip my toes in other, other genres and other fields, but um, it's always comedy. I, I I can't write something. I I don't have the confidence, or the or the desire, to write something that isn't going to make people laugh. I um, you know, I'm not a big horror fan, but I started the Shingle series. It was it was just another. I mean, it's let's be honest. It's less horror and more just goofy bullshit that like. It's it's a it's a different means for me. To, it's it's a, another way to let off some comedic steam, like telling the kind of jokes that don't fit in the Caverns and Creatures series. And so, I, ah, I've got some other ideas. I, I'd like to. I, I kind of half-ass started a a detective series called Hard Boiled Dick, but I'm haven't gotten very far into that. Interesting. So the first book you you totally pantsed, obviously. Do you do you or do you can start plotting the other ones now? Do you have to keep track because now you've built an entire epic fucking world, actually many worlds, because you built the real world and the not real world, or uh, real fantasy world. I shouldn't say not real gotcha. world. Yeah, yeah. Words, words. I'm good. Um, it's fine. I've now drunk almost the entire bottle of wine in twenty minutes. Hashtag life goals. So um, do you feel like uh, you have to do a little more plotting now that you've gotten so deep into the series? I'm going to keep using these metaphors. You like it? No, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I, uh, I'm I'm a pantser by nature, but yeah, there's shit I got to keep track of now. It's um, <laughs> plotting is is difficult for me because it's, it's just not a skill set I have uh, practiced well or much. Do you? So I do pants most of it, but uh, I, I set little goals and I try to keep track of, you know, what people have done, what their motivations are and stuff. I've got, I've got ideas, especially for this next, the book that's coming, Critical Failures 9. I know how it's going to end, and that's I've done a, a smidge more plotting than that. Okay, yeah, you're like me when I write most of the time. <laughs> I'm I'm very much a pantser. I'm very much like I'm just gonna, and I'm not one of those people that's like, oh my god, my character took me to the left. You well, know. the the um <laughs> the the benefit from panting for me was like, like I was talking about in the first book. I, just, I, I write, and then uh, three quarters of the way through, all right, now I got an idea for the ending. I go back and 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 fudge a little stuff in the beginning, and yeah, you know, hopefully the the fact that I had no idea what was going to happen will contribute to the surprise of the reader. I think it does. I actually, I was going to mention that as I think it absolutely contributes to the fact that these guys have no. Um, the characters that you put in this scenario, one of the things I love about it is they are not like epically smart characters. They're not like you, you get an epic genius and you put them in the game who starts to, and we've all had these guys in our D and D games that fucking know all the rules and like know everything left and right and figure everything out and just annoy the fucking shit out of the DM by, you know, their rule mongering. I love that these guys think they're the shit and have no fucking clue how to actually operate within the confines of the game that they actually know so well. 
Quote-unquote. Now, now that you mention that, I, I kind of feel like I should put a character in there that does that. Well, see, book 10. Look, book yeah. 10. You can <laughs> name it. All. You can name it Erica. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> or Lyra, because apparently that's, she is a total bitch. Thank you, Jen. So, you. um, <laughs> when you were, when you write, how long, when you sit down to write, how long do you go for generally? Like when you're sitting? I uh, go for a word count. What is your word um, count? I go, well, typically I go for a thousand words a day. But okay. um, I, I mentioned before I'm on a, a podcast called Authors and Dragons. And it is this group that I started the Shingle series with. And we try to, well, no, we have so far successfully put out one shingle story a month for 32 consecutive months so far. Yay. Sweet. Yay. Awesome. And, uh, but I have put out the lion's share of those because the other guys in the group are not as enthusiastic about shingles as I am. <laughs> Well, I mean, not not just not as enthusiastic, but they got other shit they got to do. And Shingles is kind of my baby, and nobody buys them. So That's not, that's not accurate. Some of us buy them. Just well, Yeah, uh, according to the, today's new release sales, four of you buy them. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, so... Yeah, I, I released the shingles for July, and and said, okay, who's up next? And nobody's ready. And this is like ten days in. And Shit, we need we need a shingles for August. No, nobody's got anything ready. So I, it was up to me. I had to save the shingles day. So I I pumped That's up my word count to uh, yeah. I pumped up my word count to 2,000 words a day, and, and I, got, I got a new shingles out in time for August. Hooray. And, uh, but what that taught me was mm-hmm. I can actually do 2,000 words in a day. <laughs> so now so, you have a new goal? Not comfortably. Well, I mean, I've, I've done it not like, like quasi-consistently since then. Wow. That's I'm jealous. So, so how yeah. how do you write? Do you are you like you know? Do you have music on? Like, what's your process? No morning, I, night. Describe mo- the scene. Uh, morning to afternoon. Like I don't know. Ever since this COVID started and the kids are home and and doing their digital learning at home and stuff, and and it's been summer vacation anyway. I haven't really had any reason to get up early, so I get up when I get up. I do a five-mile walk because I got I got diagnosed with type two diabetes in January, and doctor said, "Well, doctor said, all right, lose some weight and you can reverse this." And okay, I'll do that. I've lost thirty pounds since then. Congratulations! Thank you. Um. Now that makes sense on the Bud Light versus the Budweiser, so... Oh, no, just... This is the second cheapest option to Kirkland Light that no longer exists. (laughs) I'm a humble writer. I appreciate that about you. Um, So, yeah, I do my walk. I do my words. Well, I'll watch a TV. Uh, I'll watch an episode of a TV show while I'm eating lunch between those two things, because I got my son into Supernatural lately. Yeah, I can't get through the last season. I'm not gonna lie; it's very hard. I'm was pot committed, gambling term, to going through this entire thing, and I got to this last season that they just put out, and I'm on episode five, and I'm like. I would rather clean the house than continue watching this fucking series at this point. It drives me crazy. Yeah, well, I, I, I watched this. This was this show. I started it back before we had kids. When I, I was on, I was living in Korea with my wife, who's Korean. And uh, in, our, in our apartment, we didn't have a lot of 
television choices. Uh, we had one channel that played like English movie, English language TV shows, and and most of them were shit. So I, but it was all we had to watch. So no, but, I loved the supernatural but, show. No, it just no, 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 me too, me too. Listen to me, listen to me. I I, begrud- I begrudgingly watched Supernatural, falsely thinking. It was a shit show that I, I was just, you know, it's it all I got. It's my only option. But as I as I rewatched it with my kids, now that it came on, came on Netflix, I, I, I appreciate it a lot more. It's wow, this is the. It's got some good plots. They they got most importantly they got some goofy episodes that are that show that they're having a shit ton of fun making this show. Which is what I truly appreciate. Have you seen the Scooby Doo uh, episode? I don't know because we are currently in season nine. I don't remember when the Scooby Doo episode oh, is. I do not remember a Scooby Doo episode. Well, they go to fifteen, so it could be anywhere in there. But there yeah. is literally a Scooby Doo episode where they're put into a Scooby Doo cartoon, and of course, Dean is trying to hit on um, uh, Daphne. And that I'm looking dope. forward wow. to that because there, there's, you know, in the past few seasons we watched, the the goofy episodes haven't been as goofy or fun. Well, you know, it's interesting. I have a friend that's an author down here named um, Mark Muncie, and he down does, here is where are you? We're in Florida, so oh, we're in right. the one of the downmost places for the United States, and he writes like. Um, books about like eerie Florida and freaky Florida there. What he does is he traces a legend and then he finds out what the truth of the legend was, which is just fucking terrifying almost every single time. But um, one of the things he was actually very good friends with the first three seasons of supernatural had occult people who knew I'm going to say this totally fucking wrong. Now that I've had a lot of wine, um, there are like occult knowledges, occultists. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. They, I'm just making up words. But they knew the occult, so they actually, for the first three seasons, hired people that knew all these legends and would help write the episodes based on the legend, right, and what actually transpired. And then they got into this whole gods, demons, and devils thing and fucking fired all the people that knew all the actual folklore, which... That's when I found that out, and that was only recently. I was a little pissed off at the show. I do enjoy the show. It's campy, it's cheesy. It's kind of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is one of the shows I also enjoy. That show, by the way, would be completely ruined by fucking cell phones. If Buffy the Vampire Slayer had <laughs> cell phones, that entire fucking show would be ruined. Um,. Oh, well, you know what? We have to take a break. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back with Robert Bevan. Yay, taking a break. Oh, does that mean I can go pee? You can go pee if you need to go pee. Okay. This is the voice of Drinking With Authors. You are at our commercial break, and our commercial is, Hey, do you want to be a guest on our show? Or do you have a question for one of the guests on our show? Or do you have a brilliant drink recipe that we've never heard of? That would have to stump us. But you could reach us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can direct message or even just leave a comment on one of our posts. We would absolutely love to hear from you. If I'm the only one that had to pee, why did we take a break? Because you had to pee your dog. You yeah. didn't know that. Are you a loser? <laughs> well, because we asked you if you any, yes, we asked you, did you need a break? And you said you, you legitimately no, needed you a break. Did, no, you didn't say that. You said it's time to take a break. Because on the podcast, we have to take a break. It's required. It's like a legal requirement. Just I kidding. We have that. an intermission. If you had listened to our podcast through 30 minutes, you would have known that we have a break in 30 minutes. <laughs> Well, sometimes if, we if, move, sometimes if your guests have been as interesting as me, maybe I would have. I think you should listen to the Mark Muncy oh, no. episode. You would appreciate that. Or I don't know, John Hartnett, because we literally just played his episode. So, I mean, I'm, he's your I'm, buddy. I, you I, play I was, I was joking. With I'm, I'm not that much of an asshole. No, I didn't. 
I actually kind of hoped you were, actually, now that I think about it. Uh... <laughs> okay, so you started writing this. Did you have any ideas when you were, before you were sitting there going, I'm not making a fucking enough money being an English professor? Did you ever think about writing? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I told you I wrote the a whole novel and I didn't publish it. Just, I hope you do I... publish it one day or your kids do if you die. He said it was a pile of shit. He doesn't want it published. I know, but yeah. how many parents are authors who die and then their kids find something and are like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to publish this. You better yeah. burn that shit. Well, no, I mean, it doesn't exist in physical form. It, it, they'd have to be digging in my emails and, oh, God, I hate Yeah, just warning. Worst that could, they find. That's okay. You might want to address that later in your will. Okay, so... Yeah. Um, you managed to get on a, not you managed, God, why the fuck did I say it that way? Okay, you are on, okay, I'm incredibly jealous, maybe that's why I said it that way. This epic fucking podcast playing Dungeons and Dragons with a bunch of authors. How did you meet these guys? Well, um, Authors and Dragons actually started when I, I was just Facebook friends with a couple authors and a fellow fellow authors and uh and drew hayes made a facebook post saying something about uh i don't know something about uh his facebook group and i said and i i commented on his post and i said something like you know oh i'm kind of jealous they actually have a facebook group and then that started a <laughs> discussion between me and him and i I it, think it was me that said, you know, you know, what if we played Dungeons and Dragons and, and recorded it and podcasted it? Drew Hayes, like Poison Elves, Drew Hayes. Poison you can tell Elves? I haven't. Poison Elves, is that him? Same Drew Hayes? Is he used to draw to Poison Elves like a, like a, is that guy dead? Uh, well, there's a Drew yeah. Hayes that is dead. There is a Drew Hayes that is dead. See, Google. I should. You should Google reading. before you open your. What kind of fucking bubbly are you drinking? The, the yeah, name Drew Hayes, I was like, Don't I, loved, shit, I loved those books. Those Poison Elves <laughs> books were amazing. I'm sorry. Why I just started out lovely? very hard. She gets Jen is my epic problem. sidekick. I'm the, yeah, I'm the, she, I'm the superhero. She's my sidekick. She'll never leave me. I love Jen. She's literally what I aspire to be. Jen is a PhD in English literature. Just for the record, she actually... Above me and you knows her proverbial shit. When it he, he, he taught English in Korea. I yeah. Oh, I could, don't, I don't let that fool you at all. That, <laughs> my my requirement is that. Oh, can you fluently speak your native language? Kinda. You're in. Uh, did you pick up Korean while you were there? Like a, a little bit? Uh, a little bit. Not uh, enough to ask where the bathroom is and order a beer. Oh, all right. The that's, that's pretty much the important shit right yeah. there. Got it down. Okay, so you get on this podcast with all these authors. How has that been for you? Because, you know, I, I started it's, listening it's, to the podcast. It's fucking hysterical. I'm surprised you guys don't get many places on your thing, but it's fucking hysterical. Many places? What do you mean? Well, the game's been going on for quite some time. Oh right. Yeah. Oh, well, no. If we if we if we were effective, it wouldn't be as funny. No, it wouldn't be as funny. At it's all. like every D and D game ever, where if you run the game, you plan out. You're like, they're going to go in a dungeon. There's going to be a dragon. It's going to be epic. And they're like, no, we're going to go to the inn and get arrested. It's like really? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Okay. So <laughs> we're going to have a sandwich. Every character Jen plays in literally any role playing game. Figures out what's going on, tries to communicate it to the group, and nobody fucking listens to her. Like, so that I'm is ganked by the bad guy. <laughs> and then roll up a new character. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much Jen's epic thing in life. What is your favorite character to play? Uh, Rogue. Like, what kind? Rogue. Rogue? Me yes. too. What? Epic Rogue. Where, where are you on... Um... Uh, people who take a level of monk and then do whatever they want afterwards. So they get on armed combat. Are you okay with that? Or does that bother you? 
I, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. This is why nobody listens to any fucking character she ever writes. She is one of the most amazing yeah, humans on the planet, but seriously. I was just because that was a big deal when third edition came out. Everybody could multi-class, so everyone was like, "I'm just going to take a level of monk so that I get unarmed combat." And all the the you know whatever the key strike was and everything. And then they're like, "Oh, and I'll take a you know six levels of rogue or fighter or whatever." So I'm like a fighter, but I have a level of monk just in case. It was min-maxing. It wasn't fair. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually kind of an advantage I think I have with storytelling is that I don't have that kind of mind. Uh, so. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. By the way, book ten is now going to have min maxing, and all the characters are going to have no. It's not. It's not. Seriously, I'm going to shut all this out of my mind. I don't. I I would fucking I hope so at this point. Um, when you go to write your characters, how much of it? Um, like a lot of times when people are formulating the characters, they base it off of people in their real life. And experiences they've had in their real life. How much of your characters, besides obviously your personality that you shared with us, are based off of people in your real life? Well, like I said, you know, two of them are kind of based on me. One of them's loosely based on a guy I, I knew. And uh, other than that, not not much. Just, uh, I don't know. They're just. Ah, people are popping into my head, I guess. Do you do conventions at all? Uh, well, I mean, not nowadays. Well, not nowadays, because we're all sequestered in our home. and Yeah. Um, I, depending I, on who you ask, this is not happening. It's not a real thing. But I was dipping my toes in. I was going to Con Carolinas every year. And then uh, last year, we had our first Authors and Dragons convention in Las Vegas. What? You had you a convention in Las Vegas? You, hadn't, you didn't know about that. No, because John did not share. John, you are fucking listening. You didn't share everything. You had a, Are you guys going to do another convention in 2021? Well, we're, we're doing an online convention in September this 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 year. And uh, it, it, was, it was supposed to be a regular convention in, in Nashville, Tennessee. But, um, you know. We had COVID and everything, so we're doing it online, and we've bumped Nashville to 2021. Hopefully, there's not a you know a continuing plague by that point. And I think we'll have a vaccine by that point. Well, I'm firmly convinced, like the vaccine supposedly coming by winter of this year, and I'm going to watch to see if I am legend occurs and we get zombies. George R. R. Martin was supposed to write a book this year too. So, don't. Why the fuck would you bring that up? <laughs> if I trouble. get a GoPro and a machete, I <laughs> could have like so much content for the online convention. Anything. I well, you know, what's interesting is that everybody's rushing to do this vaccine, and I'm like, I feel like. Gaming nerds and sci-fi writers and stuff like that really are all sitting back going, what? Have you guys ever even read the book or watched the show on how this occurs if you rush this out? Because everything tells us rushing this out would be a bad plan. But we'll see what happens. I'm okay with watching. You know, I'm prepared for a zombie apocalypse if it happens. I I am too, because my career, even before the outbreak... I've been alone in my garage, just typing out stories, and uh, I'll, I'll get on get on the the internet here and do a podcast. <laughs> I love that you joined us for this. So, besides the obvious, the vampire sister, which, by the way, Jen, vampire sister, not going to lie, very similar to your character. Um, what is your? What are your other favorite characters in the series? I don't know. She's she's the big one because just uh, I mean, not just the vampire angle, just the uh, the way that she interacts with the drow. Is oh that. yeah, she's because I got I got some themes in the book. Just the, these are not just losers. These are 
losers from like the deep south, and they've all kind of got this. Because I, you know, I hail from Louisiana, Mississippi, and uh, you know, I, I got I got a lot of family down there, and um, just the the racism is rampant, and there's. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like there's this generation happening now, and and well, you know, in my my era as well, where we know certain things are wrong, but we've still got these deep seated ideas in, embedded in our heads, where it's you, you say shit that you probably shouldn't, and it just comes out and. Uh, and that's that's a lot of what happens in the book, especially with Catherine, and especially when she's interacting with the drow. And that's oh, so much fun to write. It's so cathartic. I think it's fucking amazing. You know, it's interesting. I was actually so at, I do human resources as my day job right now. So even though I'm an author and we have a publishing company, we're getting close. But um, one of the things that I, I was talking to um, a black gentleman and I had started a black employee resource group and he's like, Hey, can you tell me the rules? And I'm like, I think I'm like the last person that should talk about rules. Cause like, I don't like female, probably not the right person to talk about rules here, but one of the things I told him is I grew up in Hollywood, California, and my mom took me to the gay pride parade and all this stuff. And believe it or not, when I moved to Florida is actually when I saw racism, not that there wasn't racism. I, and I'm not I, saying I, there I, wasn't, I believe you. <laughs> but I didn't see it. Like it wasn't as prevalent because where I was, there was a lot more acceptance. Like as a kid, I don't remember even seeing race as a thing yeah. at I was telling him, I'm like, it was weird to me because I moved to Florida and all of a sudden there was this thing and it took me a little bit to like even realize what was happening and not, that sounds probably terrible, but I was like, what the fuck is, what, it, why is this a thing? Like, why is somebody being gay a thing? Like, why is somebody being black a thing? Why is somebody being Hispanic a thing? I don't even understand why it's a thing. And then it was a thing. It's yeah. No, no. I, I totally get it. I mean, that's why. I, I moved my, you know, I moved my kids out of there, and uh, we're now in the uh, the liberal utopia of Georgia. The liberal utopia. <laughs> so, what is so? You've got these two series going. What um, are you a full time writer? Is this what you're doing? Yeah. At what point were you able to do it full time? Uh, well, shortly before I moved from Korea back to the United States. That was uh, that was it. That's what I was waiting for. In fact, I'll tell you what the uh, the inciting incident was. Um, I I didn't I didn't think audiobooks were a big thing. I thought that was like a, a a pain in the ass extra thing I could do to make a couple of extra bucks maybe. Um, but you know, then my my friend Vicky from from high school. She um, emailed me one day and said, uh, and my boyfriend, her husband now, and, and his friend are interested in producing an audiobook for your book, Critical Failures. So, and I said, all right, whatever. I'll, I'll, just, I'll set it up, just as long as I don't have to do any work. But uh, <laughs> that, uh, that, that changed my life. I was listening like, to your audio book. Everybody's listening. Yeah, everybody is. Nobody gives a shit about my 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 print books or anything. Like nobody reads anymore. And I don't know fine. that that's true. I read all your print books, but you know what I was like. And the audio books. Double customer. Book. I love you. Yeah, you know you should because I I downloaded your one through four on the audiobooks. I was super excited, and we because we're both authors and we I talk about the audiobooks all the time. I think that if you're not smart about finding your medium, right, and be willing to communicate to your people, then you're screwed as an author. You can write the best book in the entire fucking world, nobody will find it. 
I so wonder you, what, sorry, no. I was going to ask about the audiobooks and COVID. Like I used to listen to so many books in my car driving to work and now I'm working from home. So I don't listen to audiobooks at all. I'm trying to listen to them like while I'm cleaning the house, but it's awkward. So I'm wondering if like the people who didn't used to listen to them discovered them and the people who used to, like, has it shifted? I have no idea. I, I mean, I don't listen to them at all. I, 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 but, uh, you know, people love them. People love uh, John Sleep, my my narrator in particular. The, the, yeah, I got I got readers that say, "All right, I really I didn't like these books at first, but but when I listened to them, yeah, he he really brought out the characters and stuff." And okay, great. Um, that was that's the. You know, I, I like to think I did a lot of a lot of stuff with marketing and and stuff that uh you know a lot of my success was on me but this is the one the one thing of blind luck that I'll give credit to like him falling into my lap he does the characters incredibly well like yeah. incredibly well and i think that's the true point of an audiobook is can you get a narrator who actually fucking gets it and can actually communicate the characters well like i was listening to the audiobooks and recently again and i was fucking laughing all over again your stories are truly i have to say as a storyteller i felt like i was in the game i felt like i was one of the characters i felt like i was a part of this and it was one of the most enjoyable experiences i have to say from a reading perspective well, because i as an as a gaming nerd, I could totally relate, but it was, like I said, when I told my boyfriend, I'm like, you got to read these books, you have to, because, by the way, I tell everybody that, so I may be close to your Thank number, you again. but not in a creepy way. Um, uh, be as creepy as you like. You say that, but I've seen... <laughs> Let's talk about your fans for a little bit. So, you, Do you read your reviews? Oh, yeah. Most of them. What do you think when you I read your read reviews? All of them. Hmm? What do you think when you read your reviews? Well, Most authors have this whole review. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, some authors read them because they feel it gives them insight into some stuff they should look at. Some authors read them because I, I'm guessing fucking ego, even though they don't say that out loud. But you know, a lot of I've met a lot of authors that don't read their reviews because. That's the thing, that's the thing people say. Way. I don't. I don't believe those people. <laughs> you mean you think quietly in the dark? They read their reviews Absolutely. and don't tell anybody. Yeah. Well, that's, you that's know, kind of like the the fashion for authors. Oh, I, I don't read my reviews. Those, those are for the readers. They're not for the authors. But yeah, but they're they're still fucking there, aren't they? You, no. you don't. You're not not curious. I have to say, I was super excited when I got my first one-star review. <laughs> so I got a one-star review on a story I wrote. And the person didn't understand the story. But she was like, Erica Lance is an author who promotes suicide and everything that's okay. And I was like, did you did you read this story? Yeah. You know, it, obviously it didn't respond. But I was like, I actually literally at that moment in time went, Thank you for purchasing my book. You gave me money. Thank you for doing that, regardless of what comes out of your mouth at this moment. Well, was that was that for your title? You should slit your wrists. <laughs> Close, Jimmy. Uh, but right. it was it was a story I wrote, and it was about the fact. And actually, Jen partially helped me with the ending. I won't say inspired because that's not accurate, but I wrote a story about a kid who tried to kill himself. His mother found him. He wakes up in a hospital. I'm not going to give the ending, but he's not pleased that he didn't accomplish his goal. And most people that there's the people that commit suicide that want attention. And there's the people that are legitimately trying to kill themselves. And so that was the point of the story. And she got a lot of things wrong, but at first I was like, am I offended by this? And then I was like, I'm actually not because she didn't get it. And that's how I feel about reviews is like, if they go the grammar, if they point out 
actually something that I need to review, I'm totally fucking fine with it. But they're they're like, oh my god, it's the best story ever. I love it. Or they're like, oh my god, I hated this story. She promotes suicide. I'm like, well, thanks. Thanks for purchasing my book and spending money. I... I I think like all right, they give me a five star review. Great, they liked it. That's something I can press the button that says, "I found this review helpful." And if they give it a one star, um, I'll, I'll have a look at it. I certainly won't press that helpful button, whatever it says. But what I want to know is, is it stupid? And can I? Can I screenshot it and make a funny comment in response? I won't. I will not respond directly to it on the Amazon reviews, but I will. If 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 the opportunity is good enough, I will screenshot it and respond to it on my Facebook page, which I think is fair. That's like the John Scalzi has your hate mail will be graded. Where he does, he takes the the bad reviews, and then he's like, mm, "I've heard this before. See, pretty average." Oh, good on him! I didn't know that. Yeah, I think that you have to, as an artist, you have to take a step back and go, "Okay, not everybody's going to like my shit." If they go literally grammar, you don't use the Oxford comma well or whatever the fuck they say. If it's a legitimate review, you can look and go. Did I do that, or did I change the character's race or color? Hello, Charlene Harrison. Um, but um, other than that, I think if it's a review, I had a friend of mine that's an author that wrote how to write a review that's actually helpful blog because people go, oh, my God, it was the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, that's a pat on your back, but that that doesn't tell you why it was the greatest thing in the world, what they what loved about what it. Did what did you do well? right Oh, God, I don't give a shit. If there's any good review. (laughs) You're like, I'll do all those things again. All of them. No, I I just don't care. That's awesome. Thank you for the five-star rating. That helps my average. But if it's a bad review, I mean, I'm powerless. You know, people are going to leave what reviews they leave. And many of them have legitimate gripes. Fine. However, and you know, I don't fuck with them because, you know, I can't. They're, you know, all right, it's, you win. It's true. I, I wasn't, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> but if, if they're, you know, if they're giving me, like, fucking material to work with, I'll, I'll work with it. If they're saying stupid shit, and uh, I'll just say shit about their mothers and uh, and post it on my page and um, have you uh, and do you know oh can, go ahead do you know everybody whose mother I make fun of do, do you know all their mothers are you know died tragically recently of course they did yeah of course and they all want to fight me in a parking lot somewhere that would be cool if you need backup I'm there all right. I'll back you up. Just call me. I'm six feet tall. I'm fucking terrifying in person. I, I, um, yeah, besides, I, I, I might not even part. show up. But I'll just let you take care of it. I can. Yeah. No problem. I got your back. Um, has anybody asked you to write them into the story? Because uh, honestly, no, that no, was no, like my no, first no. reaction when I read this is like, I want him to write me in as a character. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's actually asked that specifically, but I did. Um, we were trying to get, you know, a few years ago, we were trying to get a, a Caverns and Creatures um, TV series off the ground. And to, to fund a pilot episode, that was an offer I made. I, I was writing, I think it was 5D6, the, uh, the fifth collection of um, Caverns and Creatures short stories. I said, and it was like for $500 you can be written into one of the short stories and and killed horrifically. And I had five people sign up for that. And uh, we didn't get a a TV show off the ground, but... Did you write them into the characters? Oh, absolutely. Well, I wrote them them as NPCs, and they were horrifically killed. I want to know next time that happens, because I'm on board. 
I'm a thousand percent on board with being my, written into one of these stories and killed. My, my favorite was. Oh shit! I, I guess this is a drinking podcast. It's a fucking drinking podcast. Do you hear me swearing? I finished uh, my entire bottle of wine. My 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 best. The character was fisted and exploded. <laughs> Okay, I don't want that to happen to me. I want to be like Samuel L. Jackson in the Star Wars where I'm like, I want to write how I die. You want a shark to come up behind and just snatch you in the middle of a speech? Yes! That was Samuel L. Jackson in Deep Blue Sea. Oh, okay. The movie Deep Blue Sea, he literally said, I'll be in it as long as you kill me epically in the middle of one of the stupid speeches they always have him do. <laughs> So one of the best parts of that movie, if you guys haven't watched it out there listening, is... Just watch that part. Just watch that fucking part. He dies in the middle and he gets eaten by a fucking giant shark. I feel like me and Samuel L. Jackson would be besties if we met in person, because I have the same sense of humor. Um, so let's talk about your fans again a little bit. Have what, Did you have... Um, you did a convention live at least one time? One time. I feel like you need to do more of them, but that's a separate well, I mean, I'd like to. We're, we're in a pandemic. I'll, I'll get to it when I can. Okay. okay. <laughs> She's so demanding. It wasn't pressure. I'm just mainly saying that so I can come meet you in person. But um, when you did it in person, did you have what? It, what was the fan reaction like that came up to you? All right. Well, for uh, for other cons like. Con Carolinas and other cons I've been to, it's a it's a mixed bag. I got a couple of people that know me, and they'll come. Hey, I'm I'm so glad to meet you, and blah blah. Can you sign my book? All right, great, awesome, and that feels great. But then there's other people. They don't know me. They don't give a shit about me. They just come by the table. They'll. Start up conversation. So, what are your books about? Oh, I can tell you don't even care. And <laughs> I don't. I don't want to talk to you. I, I, and and then even worse, they're like fans of people at the table next to me. That I don't know. They're just lonely or something because he's the, the the guy that they like is talking to somebody else, and so they start chatting me up and. You know, I'm pretending to care. You're just asking me like random shit. And I, ah, I just want you to go away. <laughs> and, but so there, you know, it's okay. But, what is your best fan experience? Tell me your best fan experience. Uh, well, the, the best fan experience was at the actual Authors and Dragons convention because I that blew me away. I never experienced anything like that before. It was it was like. You know, everybody there was not necessarily a fan of mine, but they were absolutely a fan of the podcast. And anybody that came up to talk to me, they were fans of mine. They uh, like, oh, you're the guy that, that plays Klaus Richter. I want to buy your your Klaus Richter book that nobody bought online. <laughs> awesome. I, I sold so many. No, God damn it! Nobody buys any of these fucking shingles books. But at the convention, I I nearly sold out of shingles books. I, it doesn't surprise me. Believe it or not, I'm a huge proponent. Jen will tell you this. I'm the queen of shameless self promotion, and I think authors do not do enough to do the shameless self promotion and self promotion on the right I, channels. I'm. If anybody's shameless, it's me. I, I, I agree you're shameless. Right it's the self-promotion part. Because, like, I read your books, and besides being a gaming nerd and loving them, the fucking stories are epic. The characters, like, you take a level to the characters that not every author I've seen does. Like, the backstory, the characters, the evolution of the characters, you know, it's like riveting and i say that because as an author like i know what it takes to fucking go through and do that but as a reader i read a shit ton of books fucking every year i probably read 85 almost 100 books every fucking year jen does too 
And those books, no lie, every time a fucking new one's out, I'm buying the book because it's so amazing. So even though maybe you don't consider yourself self Shakespeare, I can use all the words I'm using. Shel- Shakespeare, shut up. <laughs> Do you see what I pick up? I, I don't consider self Shakespeare. <laughs> yes, but. You're not Shakespeare, but your fucking characters and the world is amazing. It's not lacking detail. It's not fluffy. It's not bullshit. It's fucking awesome. And the fact of the matter is, like, reading your stuff is thoroughly fucking entertaining. The pacing is perfect. The dialogue is amazing. These characters are just, like, I think what I love about them is they're the kind of characters you watch like a fucking train wreck. You're like, did that actually just fucking happen? Don't do it. He's going to do it. Don't do it. Yeah, he's going to do it. I'm going to cast the steed spell. Horse. Yeah. (laughs) That was epic. Like, sweet Caroline. The fucking bard. I was like, he's just making up shit as he goes. Can you tell I'm an actual fan? Like, super. So, anyway, I think you're amazing. I think that it's just getting more audience out there to understand how fucking amazing you are. I'm working on it. So, oh, we are coming near the end of the podcast. I just looked at the time. This is why the producer should be on this shit, because I'm not paying attention. Okay, let's do, because we gotta we got to go into the letter briefs episode. What is your um, shameless self-promotion? How do people find you? Well, you can find me on facebook.com slash Robert Bevan Books. Um, nobody knows how to spell Bevan. R-O-B-E-R-T-B-E-V-A-N. Books. Um, and I guess uh, the website, cavernsandcreatures.com. That's caverns-creatures-dash. No, caverns and. <laughs> no, shit. Cavern-and-creatures.com And, uh, I don't know. The podcast. Ah, authorsanddragons.com. No dashes in that, because they were smarter than me. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, and also YouTube. Uh, Maybe there's a slash in there, but Authors and Dragons on YouTube. Just, you know, type that into the search bar. And, I didn't uh, even know there was a fucking YouTube channel. Tell oh, yeah. The fucking hardness that he oh, there, did not have his shit together on mentioning the YouTube channel. There is an episode. Uh, I don't remember which one it was. But there's an episode on the YouTube channel. Where, well, it's an episode on the podcast because it's also it's primarily a podcast. But they've been... Like revamping it, or like they'll they'll give some they'll put the map up for and 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 record it for YouTube. And there's there's this one episode where I realized this after it had been happening for like probably close to a year. And I said, <laughs> "Well, we we have the map on YouTube." Uh, yeah, Bob, we do. <laughs> and, and they're all trying to be like. No, this isn't just him trying to show this. It's, this is just the thing that's been happening for a year. And yeah. <laughs> oh my God. You have been thoroughly fucking amazing to talk to. Thank you so much for being on Drinking with Authors. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Uh, so nice. Thank you. Okay. Well, this has been Drinking with Authors. I'm your host, Erica Lance. JM And we'll see you next time. <laughs>